Chapter Four of Baltimore Hats. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Baltimore Hats by William T. Brigham. Chapter Four. After the Revolution. Not until after the Revolution is it apparent that any attempt was made in Baltimore to concentrate the hatting industry into a legitimate business upon any extensive scale or to separate the manufacturing from the retail branch of business in fact far into the new century was it the practice of those who manufactured extensively for the trade to continue to keep in operation also a retail establishment the general system of conducting the hat business at the time of which we are now writing was for the hatter to have his back shop in the rear and accessible to the front shop where the proprietor and his prentice hand made the needed supply for the existing or future small demand likely to come for hats in those days were built for service not for show and in a manner quite different from those suited to the modern requirement of almost a monthly change in style then the principal demand came from maturing youth desiring to assume suitable dignity for entrance into manhood by procuring a beaver which unless he lived to a patriarchal age might serve him during his natural life and that too without fear of banishment from society for being out of the fashion in the first baltimore city directory printed in the year seventeen ninety six appear the names of nineteen hatters the business locations of some of the number it is curious to observe being at places hardly recognizable by those living at the present day gay street prior to the year eighteen o eight extended from the water to griffith's bridge now called gay street bridge beyond which it was called bridge street german lane is now german street east street is fayette street and the euphonious name of Cowpen Alley is now dignified by that of Garrett Street Baltimore Street was then called Market Street and for a long time after was often designated by either name the following names and localities of hatters are found in the Baltimore City Directory published in 1796 Richard Averson German Lane between Howard and Liberty Streets Joseph Burnett Welcome Alley, Federal Hill. Peter Bond, 13 Bridge Street, Old Town. William Branson, 131 Market Street. Peter Bees, 31 Charles Street. Frederick Deems, Cowpen Alley. Joseph Berniston, 17 George Street, Fells Point. Joseph Berniston, Shop, 19 George Street, Fells Point. George Littig, 141 Market Street, Shop on the Causeway. Arnold Livers, Shop, 24 South Calvert Street. Aaron Mattison, Shop, East Street, Between Calvert and Gay. William Mockby, East Street, Between St. Paul's Lane and Charles Street. Gaspar Morelli, 36 Charles Street. John Parks, Shop, 14 Light Street. Jacob Rogers, 29 South Street. George Smith, 
101 Bond Street David Shields 14 North Gay Street John Steiger 250 Market Street John Underwood alley between st. Paul's Lane and Calvert Street Daniel Weaver 19 Front Street judging from localities here given ten of this number were engaged in business as principals the others were probably journeymen working at their trade in the various shops in the town john parks who did business at fourteen light street had his residence at a hundred and thirty seven market street about the location now occupied by clog and son as a shoe store in the year eighteen o two number a hundred and thirty seven market street was occupied by john woolraven hardware and silversmith and john and andrew parks are in the dry goods business at number two market space william branson at a hundred and thirty one market street appears to have continued business in the same place up to the year eighteen ten during the years eighteen hundred to two the firm was branson and son their store was the second house west of grant street then called public alley the place is now occupied by george steinbach and son as a toy establishment aaron mattison whose shop in seventeen ninety six was on east street in seventeen ninety nine associated his son with himself in business locating at sixteen north gay street next door to david shields in eighteen o two william mattison probably the son opened a store at a hundred and eighty market street the firm continuing at sixteen north gay street as aaron mattison and son the next year w mattison appears at seventy two market street following which no further record is found of this firm number a hundred and eighty market street was two doors east of charles on the north side now occupied by towner and land street's rubber store number seventy two market street was also on the north side second house from lemon now holiday street peter bond whose location was number thirteen bridge street continued as a hatter in the same place until the year eighteen o six afterwards he appears to have changed the character of his business for in eighteen o seven he is found to be a storekeeper at number nine bridge street number thirteen was on the north side of what is now gay street the seventh or eighth house beyond the bridge over the falls peter bond was a member of the committee of vigilance and safety organized by the citizens of baltimore in the dark days of anxiety and trouble preceding the invasion of the city by the british in september eighteen fourteen richard averson had his residence on german lane between howard and utah streets at that time there was but one dwelling-house on german lane between hanover and liberty streets german lane now german street then extended only from charles to green street mr averson kept his hat store at number four county wharf which was the lower terminus of south calvert street he had for his neighbors gerard t hopkins peter cox and george mason grocers david shields continued in business at his old locality fourteen north gay street certainly until the year eighteen o eight and probably up to the time of his death in eighteen eleven in eighteen nineteen his place was found to be occupied by francis foster 
as a hat store arnold livers would seem to have been the most peripatetic of hatters and must have caused no little stir and comment among his fellow tradesmen until eighteen o one he appears as solitary arnold livers carrying on the hat business at twenty four south calvert street where probably he had a retail shop in eighteen o two the directory records arnold livers twenty four south calvert street and on fayette street probably his residence also seventy cumberland road livers and atkinson thirty five fell street and livers and atkinson ten george street fells point in eighteen o four arnold livers is still at twenty four south calvert street also at seventy market space and george atkinson has succeeded to the firm of livers and atkinson in eighteen ten it is livers and grover thirty nine south corner of water street from this time mr livers disappears entirely one may imagine what a commotion this evidently unsettled man of business must have raised during ten years of these varied and numerous changes and possibly others of which the directories give no account so rapidly and effectively does time erase the evidence of former labours and so quickly is the past forgotten that one is surprised and disappointed at not finding more proof on record of what these worthy apostles of work may have done of the nineteen whose names are in the directory of seventeen ninety six traces of the personal history of but two of the number can be found these are david shields before alluded to and john parks in griffith's annals of baltimore john parks is mentioned in the year seventeen eighty four as subscribing ten pounds to the funds raised by citizens for the purpose of elevating the courthouse to admit the extension of calvert street then the courthouse stood in the bed of calvert street which it spanned where since has been erected and now stands battle monument commemorating the loss of baltimore's brave citizens who gave their lives in defence of their homes against british invasion in eighteen fourteen among the patriots whose names are inscribed upon this monument by a grateful people desiring in such way to honour and perpetuate the memory of those who sacrificed themselves in the defence of their homes and firesides appears that of joseph burniston a hatter who was found in seventeen ninety six doing business at nineteen george street fells point thus while little else is known of mr burniston's career he is immortalized by a noble deed and his name is handed down to coming generations to show what sacrifices were made in securing to us that freedom and comfort we now possess sacrifices which should inspire us with a determination that when similar calls come we will be ready to answer as unhesitatingly as did this patriotic hatter from the location of mr burniston's place of business it may be inferred that he was only a hat-maker having no front shop or retail establishment but was merely a maker of hat bodies to be sold to retailers who themselves finished and trimmed them ready for sale of the hatters of seventeen ninety six there is but one through whom can be connectedly traced baltimore's hat industry from before the revolution down to the present time that one is jacob rogers whose long-continued business career 
brings personal knowledge of him down to a time quite within the recollection of some now living singularly enough by this solitary instance we are able to connect hatting in seventeen sixty nine with that of eighteen ninety for it is known that mr rogers learned his trade with mr david shields who was in business in seventeen sixty nine and engaged in their occupation to-day are several who were apprenticed to mr rogers End of chapter 4